Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at some of those little business tips taken from the Harvard Business Review. Also talking with Christina Sikiotis, the project manager from uh, for Create and Innovate at Hunter TAFE. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Daniel Quinn from SV Partners about uh, what's going on in the voluntary administration arena. Good afternoon, Daniel. Hi, Julian. Thanks for having me back on today. Oh. Thank you for joining us, and uh, it's probably quite uh, uh, relevant at the moment because there's a few of those uh, voluntary administrations hanging around, isn't there? There, there are indeed. We we spoke briefly before we came on air about um, retail adventures, um, where Deloitte and Sydney have been appointed as administrators of this um, retail group, um, which incorporates Sam's Warehouse, Crazy Clark's, um, Go Low, um, and that's quite a, a large administration that's, that's currently quite topical. So, so let's uh, just for our listeners to understand what what is the difference between voluntary administration and liquidation. Well, directors come to insolvency pr- practitioners like myself uh, and would just talk about the scenario that they're currently facing, and that could just be that they're having a downturn in their business, or it could be the flip side, which might be looked at just in such dire straits with their creditors they can't see a way in which they can go on. That latter one really just leads to the closure of the business, and that would be a liquidation. Right. And a liquidator's role would be to make the most of it, sell the assets that they can do, and try and get some money back for the creditors of the company. Administration is the first option that I gave you, where things are perceived to be going wrong, um, or there is a better alternative to creditors than just closure. Um, that leads to you know, the company being traded on for a period, a uh, minimum of 28 business days. And then after that period, the administrator puts a proposal to the creditors, and that could be that liquidation is the only alternative. We've got to put it into liquidation and close it. Or it could be that the business is viable, that there's just a problem with it that could be fixed, or could just be traded out of the problem. Um, and then that's what's called a deed of company arrangement, and the business just goes back to the, to the owners, and they trade out under this agreement with the creditors that might lead to them to get some money back. And this is the stage where you try and, and sell it like we did with uh, Daryl Lee? That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and it could be sold, um, it, could, it could be sold, or it could just be that it, it, it trades on and the creditors agree to take a lesser amount than in full. Mm. So... Uh, taking a haircut, for example, as it's called, you know, they just take 20 cents in the dollar in full payment of their debt, knowing that the business is going to continue and they're going to get future trade from it. The, the employees retain their, their jobs. Um, and liquidation might lead to a lesser amount in that you, it could be that at a fire sale, the business might sell for nothing, mm. whereas trading it through does have that potential of profit per month that an X amount could go towards paying the creditors back. Okay, so this, this is the case that uh, retail adventures are in now where they're, they're presumably in that 28-day period, are they? Yeah, they had their first creditors meeting yesterday. Um, there's two creditors meeting, the first one after eight business days and then the next one after um, the remaining of the 28. Um, and the, what, what the administrators will now be doing was really just be, be investigating what's gone on. In this case, though, um, I believe that the administrators aren't actually trading the company themselves. They've licensed it back to um, a company that's under the control of the original director that, that, that was part of the retail adventure group, which is where a lot of the bad press that we read about in the newspapers and also on all the blogs that are on this issue are referring to. Mm. So, uh, so the administrator obviously has, has, when you say we can decide to... 
um, trade the company on, in a lot of cases they wouldn't have the expertise to do it. So this yeah. is when they bring the licence in? That's right. The, it's either an expertise, which um, administrators often have um, some bad press about them and they take on roles that they, they don't necessarily understand, let's say trading a pub with no experience. Um, it's often uh, often the way you get someone in, you license them to run it during that period while we're investigating. I wouldn't know how to run a pub. Uh, I'm also not a licensee, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to Reality. do it myself, yeah. for example. Um, the other the other downside in administration is the cost. You know, administrators cost money, um, and often that in itself can be um, uh, you know, a, a chain around the ankle of the business. Mm. In that they're trying to be traded out of the problem, and then there's an additional cost of the administrator. So again, licensing the business. Um, could also bypass a lot of those costs associated with it too. So, so what does licensing the business actually mean? So, you're paying you're paying somebody to run the business. Is that yeah, they, or, or they're paying they, you? No, you, they could either eventuality. Oh, okay, it, it could be that um, you just say to some, I, I'm, "I'm not licensing this. We're going to we're just going to trade it through that period under license." And you could license it for, for a dollar. Okay. Um, and it could be that, yes, they, they remit back some of the proceeds from that period, or, or, or they take on all the risks of doing it. Because that's the other downside with administration for an administrator, is that if it makes a loss, or there are supply creditors that the trade during that five-week period haven't paid, it's the administrator who's personally responsible for, for meeting those costs. Mm. So, and one of one of the challenges with uh, retail adventures is the fact that uh, the the original director or the, is one of the major creditors. Yeah, um, um, Jank Cameron. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, she she's um, a secured creditor. Um, and again, I'm just report. I'm just mentioning figures that have been reported on. Mm. Um, I think she's got a secured loan of about eighty eighty million dollars. Yeah. Um, and the newspaper this morning reported that the actual unsecured trade creditors. Um, we're an additional ninety-seven million. Mm. Um, so, so there's a lot of money outstanding, um, and yes, the blogs and everything on it are, are all anti the administrator yes. having um, licensed it back to the director mm. um, when they're, you know, they're, there are so many creditors and things out there. And as always, directors are the ones who have been steering the ship and are perceived to have caused the problem, which isn't necessarily <laughs> always the case, but. Ah. So, so obviously, uh, the, the creditors have a big decision to make then on whether they, which way they go, because um, secured creditors are more likely to get paid than the unsecured creditors, aren't they? They are. Um, there are certain rules around the powers that secured creditors have at creditors' meeting to make votes go their way. Um, uh, they they could lose their 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 rights as a, of security by voting, for example. Okay. So, so there are things there to protect the unsecured creditors. Um, so it doesn't necessarily mean that the, um, that she could or the companies that she controls could make the vote go in her favour, um, but that's just the perception that's there. Mm. Um, and you know, whatever does happen, it would always be perceived that she's been controlling that that decision. If that's how it goes, but obviously the, there are advantages in in still trading the company on because of you know, the unsecured creditors has got a possibility of getting paid. Uh, landlords can still get their rent. Uh, that's right. Staff can yep. still get paid and so forth. Yeah, and and with all these things, and again, there's been reports that there have already been jobs that have been lost. There's been stores that have been closed down. So there's been decisions made to close the uh, what could have been perceived to have been the, the problem. Um, it could have been just of all the stores that they had that there were ten bad ones, for mm, example, that yeah. have been pulling it down. Yeah. Um, so the decisions are being made. Um, the the other thing, just to mention as well, that's been quite heavily reported 
um, is um, just over the um, the different roles that a liquidator, as opposed to an administrator, may have had. So, as a, as a liquidator, you've just got a few more powers, um, okay. and one of those things is to look into transactions that shouldn't have happened, mm. um, that could be reversed in liquidation, or even just insolvent trading. You know, directors through liquidation could be made through the court process to repay any losses that they've incurred in the business mm. that have resulted by when they knew that the company should have been closed. Mm. That's not option. That's not an option available in administration. Okay. So the creditors at the creditors meeting in a situation like this should be shown a liquidation scenario that highlights those sort of transactions that could be recovered as opposed to administration trading on and what the difference between their likely returns of both could be. Mm. Uh, and again, a lot of the blogs in this matter, the retail adventures, do seem to be suggesting that um, the director could be trying to avoid the actions that a liquidator could have recovered. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and again, I've got to be careful what I say, I suppose, that <laughs> um, she may have also had the means to pay those. Yes. Um, yeah. But she's trying to avoid paying yeah, them by putting yeah. it through administration. But that's, again, so, just reporting blogs, Julian. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, so voluntary administration, when you put it yourself into the thing, if if a, a creditor puts puts a person uh, or, or believes the company can't go any further, they just put it straight into a liquidation, would they? Yeah, there there are a few options, but that tends to be the one that's mostly um, mostly happens. They go yeah. through the normal demanding and then statutory demand and then winding up application yeah. that then does lead to a liquidator being yeah. appointed. Yeah, right. So that tends to be the way the way yeah. it goes. Good. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time and helping us to uh, understand that situation. And we'll, well, well, I hope I have. Well, it's quite a complex... Um, well, of course it is, yeah. yeah. And obviously there's, there's going to be a few more, I think, so we might have you back on. <laughs> Thank you, Julian. Always you. here to give some words of advice. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, Sam. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Daniel Quinn there from SV Partners, helping us to see what's going on there with Retail Adventures and those differences between voluntary administration and liquidation. You're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7, 25 minutes past one. Unfortunately, we couldn't get hold of Tony Vidray today, but we'll go straight over and have a chat with Christina Sikiotis from the Hunter Tafe. Good afternoon, Christina. Hi, Julian. Thanks for joining us. You got a little bit longer today now. I do. That's a very exciting. <laughs> and, and I believe we're going to have a chat about Sir Richard Branson. We are. Today's topic is indeed Sir Richard Branson's Let's Not Screw It, Let's Just Do It book, which I, I think the title itself is fantastic. Um, there's been a few editions, and it's really easy, great, entertaining read if anybody um, wants to go out there and, and grab it from somewhere. There's a line in the preface that I just love, and it sets the tone for me for the whole book. And he, he writes, though I have never followed the rules, at every step I learned many lessons along the way. He talks about the Gaia theory, which describes the Earth as a living entity, a cell that contains everything it needs. And it was his, through his belief in the theory um, that he coined the phrase Gaia capitalism, which reminds me of the caring capitalist, and we've spoken about Renato Semler and Semco some time mm. ago. Mm. Um, this Gaia capitalism is where Branson's holistic approach to his companies come from. So Branson creates and maintains successful entrepreneurial companies that combines it with do little harm, um, you know, a very similar ethic to what the doctors, the doctors hold. Um, I love that he doesn't just go by the book all the time, that he's willing to change, and I admire the support he's got for charities and humanitarian concerns. I guess the title of the book says it all, Just Do It. And the 
fact that his staff named him Dr. Yes um, means that Branson is a testament to the fact that positive, encouraging workplace has a positive and encouraging effect on, on staff and on outcomes. That and determination, and in the book, I've got to say, he tells a fantastic story about his mother's determination to fly an aeroplane. But if you want to know what happened, you've got to read the book. It's a really good story. <laughs> um, have you read it? You've, yes, you've read I have, it, obviously. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Do you remember the, the bit with his mother? I have to rem- 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 say I don't remember it. I have to okay, read it. I'll tell you when we're off the air because I want everyone else to go and read the book. Um, and, and he also talks about fun. And being in business, he says, can be fun because fun's your attitude and it's your whole approach. And for success, fun should be coupled with hard work. And when it's not fun, you should move on and do something else. And that's not to say that things always went smoothly for him. At one point in time, as you know, he mm. he, um, he was in danger or Virgin Airlines was sucking the money out of Virgin Music and, and things got really tough. And there's a boldness about Branson and he took many risks. And, but most of them were calculated, but he backed the risks with a belief in success. He relied a lot on gut instinct and a couple of weeks ago we spoke about the research coming out on the fact that gut instinct is, has been in fact proven scientifically um, and there's, there's a whole lot more in the book. There's challenges, the idea of dreaming but at the same time living in the real world and I think we spoke about that a couple of weeks ago when we discussed we mental contrasting. Yeah, um, More great concepts, valuing family and friends, having respect, caring, being passionate, being innovative, being philanthropic. I mean you work your way through the book and really it comes down to common sense and yeah. common themes and common values. And I think his other book, uh, Business Laid Bare, is an excellent one because uh, that's a bit more recent, but it also yes. looks at how you know he risked his multi-billion dollar empire to do things he was passionate about. That's right. And, and, where that risk, and you know, it wasn't just a risk, though. It was also a calculated of, risk of with that belief that he talked about. Mm. But, yeah, it is a great book as well. I haven't worked my way all the way through that one yet. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time again. We'll have another chat next week. Thanks, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiotis there with uh, some little hints there on Richard Branson, of course, uh, a great entrepreneur and innovator. And uh, Saturday Breakfast with Pete Davis. He's up and about with Saturday Papers and the best way to start your day with easy listening favourites and morning cheer with the king of bacon and eggs. That's Pete Davis from 5.30 to 9am on 2NURFM 103.7 every Saturday morning. Well, just to finish up for the show there, um, a few weeks ago we spoke with Tony Vidray about uh, workers' compensation and some of the changes that had happened on workers' compensation. And a few people still out there seem to be a little bit confused about uh, travel to and from work. So um, I went to the work cover website and I'll read you directly from the website what exactly it says about the travel. A worker may be able to make a claim for injuries suffered in the course of most journeys without significant interruption or diversion to and from the worker's home and place of employment. Home, place of employment and education institution if required for the worker's employment and home, place of employment and other place that the worker is required to attend for work-related reasons. A worker will not be able to receive compensation for a journey claim if there is a serious and willful misconduct by the worker. For example, if a worker is involved in a motor vehicle accident on the way home from work and is found to be under the influence of alcohol or other drugs which contributed to the injuries sustained in the motor vehicle accident. With motor vehicle accidents, the worker may have the option of claiming either workers' compensation for personal injury or through the compulsory third party if another driver is found to be at fault. 
Only personal injury to worker can be claimed on workers' compensation journey. No vehicle or property damage can be claimed. So that's what it says on the Work Cover website. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you enjoyed the program. We've had a good look at uh, voluntary administration and the uh, case that's happening at the moment with Retail Adventures. And we've had a little chat chat with Christina Sikiotis about Sir Richard Branson. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll enter that world of tax again with Tony Vidray from AV Chartered Accountants. Have another minute on innovation with Christina Sikiotis and some other tips to motivate you and improve your business. I'd love your company again at the same time for business, the law and you. Until then, have a safe and prosperous week. And as Zig Ziglar once said, if you want to reach a goal, you must see the reaching in your own mind before you actually arrive at your goal.